Teammate Radio is brought to you by Peaceful Warriors and Teammate Children's Stories, available on Amazon. We are Peaceful Thanksgiving week is upon us, and it's always a great time of year to talk about how important it is to be grateful and thankful for things, and especially because it can help with some of the symptoms of things like seasonal depression and stuff like that. Of course, we should be doing that all year round, but this time of year makes a lot of sense to, to drop into that. So as you guys come on here, make sure you drop us a comment. Let us know what you think of this discussion. Today, we're going to talk about anhedonia, and I'm probably saying that wrong, anhedonia. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so I am probably saying it wrong, but anhedonia is the loss of ability to feel pleasure or accomplishment from something. Um, it, it kind of mimics boredom. So it's a, it's a common symptom of, of depression, PTSD, uh, even if it's just seasonal depression or, you know, the, the winter blues or, or whatever you want to call it. It's, it's basically the symptom of when you find that it's hard to do things anymore, even things you used to enjoy because you just don't feel pleasure out of it. You don't feel a sense of accomplishment out of it or whatever it is, and you just kind of don't feel like doing anything. Yeah, that's that's what we're talking about. This is a term called in, or excuse me, anhedonia. So basically what this is, is the reward systems of the brain use the same chemical to operate as the threat systems the brain uses, right? So dopamine use, is the chemical that's used by both the reward systems and the threat systems of the brain. If someone has prolonged body and brain inflammation, it sets the stage for the pleasure centers to be less active, right? Now, that kind of body and brain inflammation is something we carry around a lot. It comes from different versions of what we consider to be unhealthy living uh, and things along those lines. So there are some things we can use to kind of combat that. But what the real problem comes down to is when the threat centers of the brain start responding to more things than the pleasure centers do. Because using the same chemical, both centers of the brain, if one becomes more active, the other gets a little bit shunned, if that makes sense. And like we talk about, like the philosophy here, balance in all things, you've got to have a, a balance in that. And when that balance shifts to where the threat centers are what you're using more often and you're paying more attention to threatening things around you, then the pleasure centers are not given as much activity. They're not given as much uh, dopamine or the chemical to work with it. Yes, it's just another name for, for sad, Tasha. Yeah, seasonal affective disorder. Of course, anhedonia is actually the, the symptom that comes with all kinds of the, uh, depression, anxiety, PTSD, things along those lines. So really, it's just one symptom. But there is something that, that can be done about it. I just wanted to explain a little bit for someone that, that, that maybe, for people that maybe don't understand, and maybe they, 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 they've never seen this before. Um, so whichever it is, the pleasure center or threat center that gets the most use takes the resources from the other one. Now, there are some lifestyle changes that can be made one at a time and slowly that can help with body and brain inflammation and can help reduce the effect of anhedonia, or if you have that symptom, can help reduce how long that it stays. One of the biggest ones is making sure that we have regular, consistent, and long enough sleep cycles. And that is very, very difficult. Yes, 
It can happen for a variety of, of reasons. Yes, anhedonia can happen for a lot of reasons. It doesn't mean that if you if a person experiences anhedonia, it doesn't mean that they have depression or anything like that. But I say they say 70 to 80 percent experience it at some point in their lifetime. This is something I experience seasonally a lot, um, especially this time of year when things get cold. Now, some of these lifestyle things help lower information uh, sleep and not just getting enough sleep, but making sure it's a consistent time. This is one that I struggle with badly because of my my day to day schedules. Right. So I have a really difficult time sleeping through the same time periods each night, much less actually getting enough sleep. But this is one of the things that can help reduce that inflammation. Another thing that can help reduce that inflammation is exercise. Exercise can help us uh, increase the blood flow throughout our body, get things more balanced out and help decrease uh, inflammation in, in the brain in different parts of the body. So uh, seasonal disorders are super bad when we lived in Alaska. Daylight savings time to me is nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I could understand that. Sunshine, sleep, exercise, and healthy eating habits. That's it. That's basically what I'm going through. Sleep, exercise, uh, balanced nutrition. I, I would say balanced nutrition rather than healthy eating habits. Now, healthy eating habits are good, and of course, I'm going to promote that. However, even just even just not so much focusing on healthy, but rather a balanced nutrition aspect as in, okay, go ahead and have your greasy cheeseburger, but have a salad with it. Make sure you're getting the vitamins from that and stuff too. Make sure you are eating your vegetables along with your steak and potatoes and things along those lines, right? So those are four things that are, or three things that are really important. Another one, which I think is probably the most important, but it's also the most difficult, especially this year for lowering that brain and body inflammation is having meaningful interactions with others. So having great teammates around you and having meaningful interactions with people on a daily basis is another thing that's really, really important to keep this balance between the threat centers and pleasure centers. So what this does is makes it so that if we're having these meaningful interactions with people, it's remind, it's giving us something for our pleasure center res to respond to that's in the real world, right? And it helps us keep a perspective on that pleasure threat scenario where it's easy to get kind of slogged on whether to focus more on the threats or whether to focus more on the rewards. So, okay, I can say, oh, I could have not done that. Yeah, I, I couldn't do the Alaska thing either without the sunshine. So yeah, meaningful interactions with people are, are really, really important. Uh, another thing that can help is sometimes the imbalances are caused by, by, by self-training um, habits. So what I mean is, for example, if every time you're upset, you delve into an electronic device, a video game, social media, or something like that, the pleasure centers of your body start to become trained to respond to just the electronics and the blue light and the things you get from that. And then they can often stop reacting as much to real life because real life starts to look more threatening and it starts to look like the threat thing. And we go to this so that, that we can have that reward center and the brain starts to be trained that the only way that we can get pleasure is through those electronics. So finding ways to make sure you have your control over your electronic uses, like reducing electronics at night, for example, which can also help with sleep, helps the pleasure centers become rest, less reliant on them and bring the focus of the pleasure centers back to the real world. Another thing that can help in treating anhedonia is remember to treat yourself like a best friend. Negative thinking is a big aspect of anhedonia. So there's a couple different things you can do if negative thinking is a is a big problem for you. Now, when I say you can do, keep in mind that these aren't fixes. These are just things that can help if you keep up with them. Uh, this first one is one that I've never done personally. I don't know how well it would work, but I do like the idea and I might try it. And the idea is to keep a thought worksheet. 
Um, and so every time something happens and you start to catch yourself having negatively toned thoughts to write down the situation, write down the negative thought and come back to it later and basically list a pro con list of what evidence supports this negative thought, what evidence does not support this negative thought. And it retrains your brain to logically walk through. Well, it lets you logically walk through those thoughts to retrain your brain for its automatic responses to be more balanced. Right. Or that's the theory. So that's one way to do it. And Another way is uh, to start slow, and when you catch yourself negative thinking, don't necessarily place it with a positive thought. Just try to bring it to a neutral thought, like drawing neutral thoughts together. So instead of saying something like, I was so terrible at that, or uh, trying to replace that with, I did great, where you may not believe that you did great, saying something neutral instead, like, I did my best, and, and it was okay. You know, those kind of neutral statements can also be a step in the right direction when it comes to those self-thoughts, right? Another thing is when you're trapped in that in, in anhedonia and you're having a really hard time doing things, you're having a really hard time getting yourself motivated to get up and things like that to do something, try not to think about doing something for the pleasure of doing it because anhedonia is that that imbalance there where you're likely not to get going to get pleasure or feel a sense of accomplishment from doing something that you normally do. So instead of doing it and focusing on trying to get pleasure from it, which is going to cause you to feel even less pleasure from it and cause it to get worse. Instead, just focus on, on, on doing it, not for the pleasure, but on doing it just to get yourself moving right on doing it just as a step in the right direction, rather than trying to put some big positive spin on it. So those are it's a, a few ways you can help to combat that. It's a common it's a common symptom when it comes to this time of year, in particular, seasonal depression. Another way to combat all that, and this comes back down to it, is reminding yourself on a daily basis, like maybe trying to make a list of three things daily, and each day that you do it, look at your previous days so you're not doubling up things of things that you, you're grateful for. So it helps keep you in a more positive mindset of reminding to think of things in a more positive lens, and it's all about trying to retrain the pleasure centers of your brain to start balancing back over with the threat centers of the brain. And I know a lot of people are struggling with a lot of this. I've talked to several people who this year in particular are struggling with these kinds of things for the first time ever. Um, and, it, you know, it's one of those things. It can be situational. It can be seasonal. It can also be something that becomes habitual. And that was the issue that I've had for several years is when you allow these things to become habitual, habits are terribly, terribly hard to break and uh, horrifically hard to rebalance with each other because it involves needing a level of self-awareness that most of us, including myself, in the moment, in the moment of emotion, are going to have a very, very tough time realizing what's happening unless they're allowed to separate and process and think of it later. But most times that we have those negative emotions, we tend to kind of run away from them, push them away, or sit there and feel bad about them while we try not to think about them rather than actually process what actually happened so that we can begin to try to replace it with a more positive outlook on what's happening, on what's going on. So I just wanted to kind of explain that. Maybe maybe, maybe you're feeling it for the first time. Maybe you feel it regularly and you already know what this is and what it, what it, what it can feel like. It's that all of it, it's, it's not really all of a sudden, but it can feel like all of a sudden. It does tend to start slow where you suddenly realize that 
you're having trouble being motivated to do anything. You don't want to do anything because, well, honestly, you just don't get pleasure doing anything. Everything feels like a burden. Everything feels like it, it's it's too difficult for you. Everything feels like you're going to mess it up. Everything, you know, when, when you get to that, that does have a term. And, and I feel like putting a word to something, this is why I did a lot of research on this this past week. I feel like being able to put a word on something really helps to be able to take control of that something, right? So to be able to go, okay, so this is, this is the name for it. And this is what it is. It's when we're, I'm, I'm paying more attention to the threats than the than the pleasure centers, and it's becoming a habit. And my brain's starting to automatically perceive things as threats, even if they used to be pleasures. And okay, so what do I do to rebalance that? Okay, one, it's also caused by inflammation in the brain and body, like prolonged inflammation from unhealthy habits. And that prolonged inflammation can send the body into survival mode, which automatically kicks in the threat responses rather than the pleasure responses. And then you can look at that and go, okay, now how do I take that knowledge? I break that down into steps that are going to help me get back to a pleasured mindset, a, a balanced mindset when it comes to threat versus pleasure. And really it comes down to sleep, exercise, balanced nutrition, trying to find good friends to have meaningful interactions with on a daily basis, tracking things that you're grateful for and reminding yourself of your gratefulness. Uh, every time you come up with negative thoughts and you catch yourself doing it, trying to draw them up to neutral thoughts or even creating a written or logical layout of evidence-based things that you can look at between your negative thoughts and your neutral thoughts to help change things and to try to do and and try to get up and do things without focusing on doing anything for pleasure but just focus on doing in it doing it just cuz it needs done or just to say you've been able to do it whatever that excuse is just that one little step right that one little step is sometimes enough to get going in the right direction uh, making sure that we are balancing the pleasure responses of our brain to different types of things so that we make sure that we allow ourselves a pleasure response in interactions with people. And we also make sure we allow ourselves a pleasure response in interactions in the real world, whatever kind of interactions they are in doing a craft and, and participating in a hobby and playing outside and, and whatever it is so that we're not only going to one place such as an electronic device or a video game for our pleasure because that can start to train the subconscious of the brain that that's the only way to get pleasure and then it creates an even bigger disconnect between how we feel about the real world and how we feel about ourselves and it creates just this downward spiral that's really really tough to break yourself back out of it really is um i yeah tasha i've always found that that having names for these things helps uh, say healthy eating habits. I mean, real, yeah, realistically healthy eating habits. That's it, which is balanced, right? It's not about taking things away from you. It's about have the things you want, also have the things you need and make sure you leave space for both. You know, it, it, it's a great place to start. A great place to start is just have all the same meals you would normally have. And, and if you feel like they've, they've been unhealthy and you change your habits, just eat all the same meals you've already have, but make a salad to go with it, a small salad and eat the salad first. And then have your regular meal. I think you'd, you'd, you'd see a big difference just from that, right? Or or sir, or have some fruit first. Like where you're about to sit down and have your meal, eat some fruit first, then eat your meal and see how you feel about it then, right? And that, that way, this is this is what I do. I still do it to myself. Anytime I, I, I eat a meal and there's something on there that like that little kid in me goes, I don't want to eat that. That's gross. You know, like, but I know I need to have it. So I will eat that first and then, you know, then move on from there. Make sure that I get through that first. And it's just a matter of discipline, right? Self-discipline to be able to do the things you need to do before you do the things that you want to do. And those those little things right there can, can be kind of hard, but they're all great ways to help battle the effect and anhedonia can have on 
on your life and on your lifestyle, especially this time of year. So I'd love to see the kind of things you guys are grateful for. So as you as you go throughout your week and 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 go through this stuff on Thanksgiving, make sure you post something in our teammate forum, our Peace Force teammate forum, which you should be able to find somewhere on this live video if there's access to it. I don't know. This video promotes it. Um, anytime, if you ever want to get uh, notifications to all our live videos, we have these discussions, get involved with these yourselves. There's a little bell somewhere that you can click on, I'm told, that uh, you can get notifications directly for our live discussions. But in our teammate group, I'd love to see you guys post a list uh, occasionally, maybe every day if you want to, throughout this week of three things each day that you are extraordinarily grateful for. But don't just list three things. Go a step farther. List three things you're grateful for and why you're grateful for them. And that delves even deeper into really searching out what it is that gives you pleasure and why it gives you pleasure. And that gives you even more tools to use in a battle against seasonal depression, anhedonia, or even clinical depression and PTSD. So until we see you guys again. Oh, I got one more comment. Sometimes I set a timer and give myself five or ten minutes to get a task done. Sometimes that timer goes off before I can actually get myself to even move in that direction. But sometimes the timer deadline helps. Now I, I do something similar, Tasha, but I can't I can't do the time crunch thing. I'll get super, super anxious about it. So what I'll do is I'll set a timer for getting the task started. I'll set a timer for 10 minutes. I got 10 minutes to get this task started. I can do what I want for a few minutes, but in 10 minutes, I've got to have already started this task. And a lot of times that time will run up and I haven't started that task. And it's a sudden kind of like, Oh crap, now I got to do this. And I get real frustrated about it, but at least gets me started in it. Now I can't really set a timer and say, you know, I have an hour to complete this task. If it's not done, you know, that's fine because I can't, while I can walk away from it, it will obsess with me for the entire rest of the day. I have, this is, okay, so this is where I do have uh, a lot of people hear me talk about OCD and then go, oh, no, you're not OCD. Well, OCD manifests itself in, in different ways. And one of the ways that I am is if I start a task and I can't finish it, I will obsess. I mean, I will lose sleep obsess. I will work for a week straight, straight obsess. So I have difficult times with large projects because it's difficult for me to break things up because I, after I've spent an hour on something, two hours on something, three hours on something, and it's not finished, I, I cannot walk away from it. I, I cannot walk away from it. It will, I will become obsessive to the point of being irrational angry, emotional. And it's, it's, it's pretty dire. That's where, that's where my obsessive compulsion is, is in completing tasks. So, uh, and Miss Brittany, oh, by the way, there's a salad in the fridge for you. Oh, thank you. I have a salad in the fridge to go back to. I appreciate it. I actually really like salad, salad. So that's, that's all good for me. So if you find yourself dealing with, uh, uh, seasonal depression on the yearly, this is the time to start thinking about things to get ahead of it, right? So sleeping patterns, exercise, interactions, balanced nutrition, things like that. This is the time to get involved, um, tracking your gratefulness, things you're grateful for, trying to remind yourself of the positive thoughts and really get the pleasure centers of your brain retrained to point at the things that are important in your life rather than the things that don't matter. So yeah, sometimes it takes the timer method to get up and get dressed or eat something and put away clothes, start laundry. Yeah, I do it. For, I, I do that quite often for all kinds of things. I mostly do it when I catch myself just sitting too long. I have a I have a thing where I will just sit and zone out. I mean, it won't be on social media. It won't be. I mean, I, I, I'm bad about that. Like I could it could be social media, but I removed it from my phone for that issue. But I will still have, you know, 30, 40 minutes at a time where I will sit there and I'll feel like I've been sitting there for two minutes and it just disappears on me all the while. I've just been 
deeply, deeply lost in my own head. Um, this is something that's really, really common with me. So I've got to try to remember to set timers so I don't end up late somewhere. It's almost like falling asleep consciously. I, it, it's a habit I've had since I was a little, little kid. And I've always been one to try to complete my tasks as quickly as possible. So in elementary school, first, second, third grade, even kindergarten, I was quick to try to finish whatever the teacher gave me, but then I would get bored. So, and I didn't, and I was a serial, I was a, a serial rule follower. Like I could not handle the concept of not following the rules. So I wouldn't talk during classes and things like that. I remember the first time I got in trouble for something like that, something small. I was in like third grade and they made me write sentences and I cried. I cried and cried and cried because I was afraid I'd be in so much trouble. And then it turned out it wasn't that big of a deal. But um, so I would I would zone out. I would zone out into my own little head into all, all these worlds to the point that I would completely tune out everything in the real world. I would be basically asleep watching a movie in my own head, but awake and consciously choosing what I was paying attention to, but I wouldn't hear anything. I wouldn't see anything. Um, and this is something that I continued to do throughout my life. It was one of my ways of coping with stress for a long, long time. I still do it today where I would sit down and then my head just kind of takes over. My brain takes over and starts showing me this thing and I disappear into it for long spans of time as they, as often is the case with people with ADHD, you know, they often talk about children with ADHD. Oh, they're always daydreaming, always off in their own mind. That was me. I was always off in my own head. So, and I still do that to this day. Um, salads and wraps are the best. I'm not, I'm not as big a fan of wraps. I don't know why I never have been. They're all right. I'm just not a huge fan. Oh, yeah, my salad is right next to the pizza. That sounds wonderful, doesn't it? All right, so I'm going to go ahead and jump off here because I'm almost almost done with this stuff. I've got to plan some stuff for tonight and uh, got to send some postcards out. I'm big on sending postcards out to people um, after their last days with this and just thanking them and being grateful for their time spent with us, whether it was two days, two months, two years or two decades. I, I, I love sending handwritten cards out to our students and letting them know how grateful we are or were for their support. We do handwritten Christmas cards every year. So I'm going to get off here so I can really dedicate myself and focus down on to sending these meaningful cards out, letting people know how grateful we were for their support throughout this year. So until I see you guys again, be the best teammate you can be and be the best at being you. Teammate Radio is brought to you by Peaceful Warriors and Teammate Children's Stories, available on Amazon. We are Peaceful Warriors!